Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Savannah, Georgia with my good friend Josh Kalkanis of TheInvestingCircle.com. Josh's first job out of college was in Savannah, and he spent several years here before moving into his next role. He loved how the community was so supportive, and there's so much history in this area. In this episode, Josh and I talk about seeing the holiday decorations on Broughton Street, visiting the Tybee Island Lighthouse, and searching for the House of Matahari Speakeasy. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Georgia, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Josh's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Savannah. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. We love using hotel points to save money on travel, but figuring out the best hotel redemptions can be challenging. That's why we use Oase to research our trips. Oase was created to help bridge the gap between travelers and their loyalty programs. It takes the guesswork out of travel hacking by comparing cash and points prices for all the major hotel brands and destinations across the world, including this week's city. Sign up now at wetravelthere.com forward slash Aways or use the promo code Lee2023 at Aways.com to get $20 off your subscription. In early 2024, they're also launching flights so you can see live miles versus cash price comparisons on airline travel. If you join before their flights program launches, you'll get access to the program where it goes live free for no additional cost. Remember to use the promo code Lee2023 to get $20 off your subscription. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Lee. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So I had the pleasure of meeting you in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago uh, at FinCon. It was awesome to be able to hang out with you and get to know you and about your business. And when you told me that you had lived in Savannah for a while, I was like, oh my God, I, I've been wanting to get somebody for Savannah for so long. My in-laws live in that area. I'm always looking for like fun things to do. And so I'm like, oh, dude, Josh, you got it. And I got to have you on the show. Yeah, I, I was excited to share a lot about Savannah just because I, it was my first, my first city, my first place I left out of Orlando. I got a, an interesting story for, for traveling and what I've done through work, but yeah, excited to share. So what's your connection to the city? And like, and you said that was like your first like major city, like what, what brought you there? Yeah. So it was actually a job. So the day I graduated from college, I got in my car, it was already packed and started my drive to Savannah, Georgia. I actually turned around though, because my, I didn't really feel I had said goodbye to my parents. And so drove back, said goodbye, and then started my journey up to Savannah. It was a medical sales job and had interviewed for a little while. And it was kind of like the sales job with swimmies. Like, hey, if you survive this, you'll get to go to a different cooler city. And I always thought I was going to be the guy that kind of grew up with like the, the white picket fence and stayed in my same city. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I kind of grew up with that mentality and somehow Lee, I convinced myself to take this jump. And that was my first city I lived out of the city I grew up in. So it, it, it holds a special spot in my heart, actually. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, when you're like 21 or whatever, right? Like maybe Savannah doesn't have like that same allure of like cool and stuff like that. But I know it's a very popular tourist destination. A lot of people I've talked to, when I tell them I'm going to Savannah to go see family, like, oh my God, that I've been wanting to go there. And you know, and you see in the movies and, and stories and you see all the trees with all the moss and stuff like that. It's like a really cool town. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And I'd experienced it when I was younger as well. So my mom and dad always took us, me and my little brother, traveling everywhere. And I was really fortunate to get that experience as a kid. So I did get to go to Savannah when I was probably in middle school. And, you know, it, it's funny because then I, I turned 21 and go back up there and, and live there as an adult. And it was a little bit of a different experience, right? There's plenty of tourist stuff to do. There's excellent food, which is one of my my big things for Savannah to point people in the right direction for food, of course. But also as a 21-year-old, if you drink or enjoy going out and have any kind of like nightlife, Savannah's really solid for that too. It's not just a Friday through Saturday kind of thing. They've got a lot of stuff going on that entire time. And one of the coolest things is that they actually don't have an open container law past a certain point, of course, in Savannah. But it was just a really good spot for a 21-year-old and, and really anybody who enjoys still having fun when they're a little older too. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had to describe uh, the people or the city in just a couple words, how would you do that? You know, I just one single word is probably the easiest way to do it. And I, I don't know if everybody's going to agree with it, but I, I would say there's a, there's a Southern hospitality kind of feel to Georgia, Savannah. And when I say Southern, I mean the mix of both culture, the history and what's going on and how proud people are of Savannah, but also it's just lively. Like when I think Southern and Southeast, because I've grown up in Florida, I do feel that there's some kind of like lively culture. People are always happy, enjoying themselves. And that's Savannah in a city and a couple city blocks, really. Sure, sure. So, okay. So if, if somebody wants to come visit uh, Savannah and explore all the fun things to do there, is there an airport like right there or do they fly into like a, a major city and then drive? Like how do people get there? Yeah. So there's a couple ways to do it. And I do have to explain this piece. I used to work with that medical company that was based out of San Diego. So flying for regional sales meetings and that kind of thing, we had to fly out of Savannah. Uh, And Savannah has an international airport. It's the Savannah Hilton Held International Airport. And so it's pretty easy to get out of Savannah by flying. And I got to think about this one. I, I believe it was always Delta or American that we used. And even now looking for flights. That was the, the airport Hilton Head. And I just have to bring this one up because I, I do fly as well. Uh, they have a general aviation airport and Hilton Head is only about an hour away. So it's a little smaller airport, but a really good one to fly into as well. Even though for general aviation, you can get into the Hilton Head International Airport. The other way is, of course, driving if you're close enough. So that was my route because I was only four hours away in Orlando now. So it was a quick easy drive. Well, actually it was 95 because 95 is on the east side. 95 is an easy, easy drive up there. And I would do that for the holidays and even on the weekends. Yeah. And we'll talk about Hilton Head and Tybee Island and some of the things to do in, in a few minutes here. But first, okay. So say we, say we fly in. Cause I, you know, I mean, for me, I would drive cause again, I, I don't want to pay for four plane tickets when I'm <laughs> and then, and, and a rental car, right. When I can just drive the, the eight hours from Nashville. But for other people that like when I used to live in California, example, so if we want to go to Savannah, we would fly in. And once we get to the airport, uh, how do we get around from there? Do we take public transportation? Do we rent a car? Do we use Uber? Like, what's the best way to get around? It really kind of depends on what you're going to decide to do. So I know there are other people that just spontaneously like pick the spot. They want to go to Savannah and they want to travel there and they'll, they'll figure out what they do there. I would recommend planning a little bit and it has to do primarily with transportation. So if you're going to stay in anything past Forsyth Park uh, between like, let's say Whitaker and Drayton, 
and towards the waterfront, then you can probably walk everything. So you could probably take an Uber from the airport over to downtown Savannah and you'll be fine with doing all that stuff. If you need to catch something maybe a little bit outside of that little box that I just gave, like one of my favorite spots, Crystal Beer Parlor, you can take an Uber. It's not that hard. But if you want to start exploring places like Tybee or Wilmington or even Hilton Head, like they have a really good spot for golf, a really popular golf destination. Even when I lived in Savannah, we would head over to Hilton Head to go golf. Then you probably want to rent a car. The kicker there is that if you rent a car, you want to pick a hotel that either offers valet or has some kind of general parking. It's not that you can't get away from street parking, but really a lot of the time parking in downtown Savannah is a challenge period across the board, but it it, it gets even worse around the holidays. Sure. I think that's one of those things because it's like a kind of an older town, right? And so they didn't really design it with the, with modern cars in mind. So they don't have a lot of parking garages and they don't have a lot of that street parking, it's it's more of the old school where there is more of like a walking destination in that, that kind of like that core. Yeah. And you, you really actually forget that you're walking as much as you are. So now in the day and age of the Apple Watches and that kind of thing, you can probably track your steps, but <laughs> you, you, you couldn't before. So you would pass 30, 40, 40 minutes, an hour, and all of a sudden you just walked five miles. I guess that's actually really way too fast, but you get the idea. You, there's a lot of walking happening. You don't even realize it because there is so much stuff going on. There's a lot of stimulation in certain parts of the city that you don't really realize that you're walking as much as you are. Nice. Okay. And then if people are planning their trip, what's the weather like throughout the year? Cause I know like just talking to my mother-in-law, like she seems like that the weather's always a little bit nicer there than it is here in Nashville. Like when it's hot in the summertime, it, it's kind of cool because you got like the ocean breezes. And in the wintertime, it's a little chillier here, but a little warmer there because they don't have like the same frost scenarios we have. Yeah, it's funny your mother-in-law says that. And it's funny you're talking about Nashville the way you are because I'm in Orlando. So we experience hot and hotter in Florida. That's just how it is. Our winter is actually like 60 degrees. When I moved to Savannah, I had to make sure that I actually bought coats. It was my first time I bought a pea coat <laughs> because I was also covering all of Southern Georgia. So I covered all the way out to Albany, west of west of Savannah. And so it was, in my opinion, freezing for a lot longer than I was used to. So really the winter, the fall, it's actually beautiful. I, I think the ideal or maybe colder months are really October to December. And really cool spot about that is the decorations are up for the holidays. Really cool spot, especially Broughton Street, which was a frequented spot for me. And I don't think the summers are too bad either. And this is coming from a Floridian. So I was used to overly humid weather. It was 95 degrees. It felt like 110. Savannah still is humid. A lot of Southern Georgia is still humid, but it was a different type of if heat. Don't get me wrong. Still summer, still hot. I would probably recommend if you wanted to visit anywhere from, I would say, September, probably till about April, if you're okay with the, I think, more of a relaxed temperature. It's not freezing, not too hot. Summer, you can still make happen and it gets a little aggressive then, but I I think that's probably the ideal weather time. Okay. So let's talk about some of the places that you recommend that we should stay when we're there. You know, obviously there's a lot of great hotels. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kimpton. I know there's the the Bryce that's there. And I always like look at uh, one of my friends, he runs a site called a ways 
We have an affiliate link that we're going to put in the show notes. I always look at some of the hotels that are available and, and see what the points versus the cash and try to find the really great deals on that. But what are some of your favorite hotels that that you like uh, that, that are in that area, whether it's a, a chain hotel or more like a, a local boutique type of property? So I lived on Forsyth on Drayton Street and I could walk out straight to Forsyth, but we had plenty of places that we went for dinner and drinks, especially by the riverfront. And those are essentially hotels. I also have a favorite that my cousin actually stayed at when she came up to do the rock and roll Savannah marathon. So really big marathon up in Savannah. And it's actually called the mansion on Forsyth. If I walked out of my apartment, it was to the right. So towards the riverfront down Drayton street and just a beautiful spot right on Forsyth and very historic. It's a really cool experience. I don't think it actually is part of any brand. It's just the mansion on Forsyth. That's one of my my go-tos. If somebody's going to stay, check out the mansion. Really solid. And then the other one is the Bohemian. And that is on the riverfront. And that's because uh, how I knew about that one was really because it was a, a bar that we used to go to called Rocks on the Roof. One of my favorites. Very cool experience. Awesome atmosphere. And I think that's a, a really cool spot if you can get there as well. In terms of just general places to say, if you can find somewhere on Forsyth or maybe a square or two away would be ideal. And then the other option I think would be River Street. River Street's got a lot of Marriott, Hyatt's. If you have a particular brand, they've got plenty there on the River Street area. And that probably makes it a little easier too, because back to what I originally said about walking, if you're on River Street, you're just walking towards Forsyth. If you're staying in this, in this the area of like downtown Savannah and River Street's perfect for that. Plenty of dining, plenty of bars, plenty of everything. Right on. Well, speaking of bars and dining and everything like that, what are some of your favorite restaurants that we should hit while we're there in, in Savannah? Yeah. So I don't normally eat breakfast. I'm a coffee guy. And that just gets my that my morning going. But when I lived in Savannah, I was all about breakfast. And one of my favorite places was called Jay Christopher's. They've got a couple of other spots in Southern Georgia, but Jay Christopher's in Savannah was my first experience of that place. They had amazing pancakes and the coffee's not too bad either. Another spot that I used to go to specifically for omelets and I used to do meetings with my rep there was called Clary's, C-L-A-R-Y-S. And it's a little east of the typical like block, I would say you want to stay in, but still worth the slight walk. It's maybe uh, two or three blocks outside of uh, east of Drayton Street towards the, the water. For lunch and dinner, my favorites were one was Zunzi's, which is actually right on Drayton as well. And then you've already heard me say this one, but Crystal Beer Parlor. It's an amazing spot for burgers and their sweet potato fries. And it was actually my first experience of a beer with a much higher alcohol content. It's called the Golden Monkey. And I'm, I'm laughing <laughs> because it was just, again, I was I was 21. So I, I got to experience Savannah and that was really my first experience trying to try all the stuff that was outside of Orlando. The fancier stuff for dinner, I would say, probably sits on River Street. I didn't really travel down that area for a fancy dinner, but you could definitely do that. I had plenty of people go on dates down there that I was talking to. And I also would say that you've got to try some of the like the historic touristy spots, the old pink house, uh, Miss Wilkes dining room, and then the Lady and Sons, which is Paula Dean's restaurant. So I think it's slightly overrated, to be honest, but it's still a good experience. Like it's one of those things you have to do if you go to Savannah. Oh, sure. Sure. Like those all sound great as far as like, maybe I'm on a date night with my wife or, or something like that, but say like I'm with the kids and we want to get like some ice cream or a sweet treat or something. Any recommendations for that? 
Yeah, so again, I think a really good spot for the sweet stuff is on River Street. And then I I think an easy one if you're thinking kids, and I, I don't have any kids right now, but I would go to this place called Parker's. Anybody who's listening and actually Googles this, it's actually a gas station. But think think Bucky's except better food. So if you are on Drayton Street, just leaving Forsyth, it's just a couple of blocks up past Forsyth towards the water. And it's got, I think, just two pumps. But if you go inside, I mean, they're and they're open really late too. So I, I would catch this coming back from downtown at one or two in the morning. They've got awesome pastries and full on Southern food. So they've got plenty of ice cream, plenty of sweets, and a lot of it's baked in there at Parker's. Again, it doesn't sound the most attractive because it's a gas station, but I promise you got to give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, Bucky's is a gas station too, but I'll just say, you know what? Bucky's, that's a pretty high standard. You're saying the food is better than Bucky's because man, we were there the other day and we got some, uh, t- some tri-tip sandwiches and, and stuff like that. And it was really good. Yeah, so. I, I'm gonna get in trouble. Watch now. I'm, I'm gonna have the the Bucky's mob outside my house now. <laughs> yeah, the beaver's gonna be looking, <laughs> pe- peeking in your window. <laughs> so, uh, one of the other things, obviously, you know, being a touristy area, there's a lot of great things to do in Savannah. You know, we mentioned earlier, Hilton Head is obviously fantastic for for golfing for people that like to golf. Uh, Tybee Island is also probably a great like beach destination for for people that want to like hang out and do some water sports and everything. What are some of the other things that we should be looking to do while we're there in Savannah to kind of really just like, experience everything there is to do there? Yeah, of course. I think it depends on on what you're really trying to get done again too. So like planning everything out. If you are like me and enjoy the the historic pieces and the the tour, like really the quote unquote like touristy things to do, you have to hit a lot of the the houses, right? And one of the easiest ways that maybe I wouldn't have figured out or done when I lived there, but would probably recommend now is it's kind of a really quick easy way to do it is those old town trolley tours. They have walking tours and they actually have a trolley that'll take you around. And you can knock off a lot of the the different houses and a lot of the different restaurants and key spots in the the city, like the the Mercer House, and I forget what movie the Mercer House was actually in, but uh, it's a lot of stuff has been filmed there. The other thing is uh, something like the Forrest Gump bench in Chippewa Square. So they'll take you on this trolley tour around. Now you can also Google some of the stuff and kind of do your own little walking tour, but it's always easier to have people kind of point it out a little bit. Uh, the other real big one is, I would say, I've said this a couple times, but River Street. And River Street also has a really cool bar hidden. It's kind of like a, a prohibition bar. It's called the Matahara. You needed a key when I was there. But now apparently you there. there's ways to go to like your concierge at the hotel and they'll actually give you like a little code. But it's a pretty cool little secret bar by River Street. And then they also have a really cool prohibition m- museum that I believe was... The first one, I, I remember it's been a little while, Lee, but it was the first Prohibition Museum that's actually at the city market near River Street as well. And that, that was a really cool spot to go into. If you're thinking like, I guess for, for families, and you, you did bring this up too, was I would say Tybee Island in the Lighthouse, really cool spot. You do have to drive. You got to make a, a, a drive out there. But the Lighthouse there is a pretty popular destination. It's something for the kids to do and like run around out there. It's a little touristy. And then if... You've got something in the city that you can do that can either go family or the adult version, and you've got to do a hearse tour. So Savannah is really haunted, quote unquote, right? If you believe in that kind of stuff, there's a lot of ghost stories, a lot of history there behind 
some pirates and that kind of stuff. And uh, they'll actually take you along on a ghost tour at night in a hearst. So we're like, it's <laughs> nice. wild. Yeah, the windows are out of it. So you're kind of like hanging out the, the side. And the adult version is you can drink on it. The The family version is it's a, it's a little less rowdy. I believe they have different times too. You don't have to necessarily go at night. And I, I've done that twice, I think. And one time was with me and a couple of people locally. And then I had friends visit. Either way, it was, it's actually pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie, but it's a cool experience. <laughs> you got to give it a shot. No, I, I did a, uh, one of those walking tours, like the ghost tours in New Orleans. And I will say like there were a few times like the hairs like raised up on my arms and I was getting <sighs> little heebie-jeebies, you know, and throw a few beers in there and I'm sure it would happen even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you were telling me, didn't you go at night too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. Yeah. See, that's, that's, yeah. they really get you with that too. <laughs> well, speaking of something that's like not as scary and, and those type of things, there's actually like four, like I think you mentioned Forsyth Park. And I guess there's like a fountain there that like around like St. Patrick's Day, actually, they they turn it green. Yes, that was one of my, I think, fondest memories there. And we can definitely get into that. But my St. Patty's there. I didn't know this at the time, but apparently St. Patty's in Savannah is only second to New York. And I, I actually had to do a little research on, on how long they've been doing this. But apparently since like 1824, Savannah's been the St. Patty's Day spot and Chicago tries to do their their greening of the river. Well, Savannah's version is the greening of the fountain on Forsyth and <laughs> it doesn't last very long. But the river, of course, I, I believe the reason they don't do the river is because it, it's the currents too much. And so it doesn't actually stay green. But the Forsyth fountain does stay green. And it's really cool. You can actually it's a it's a quick little ceremony. I think it's like 15, 30 minutes. Not bad. And it stays green for a pretty long time because of course it's a fountain so it's kind of rotating out but uh, st patty's is a big big experience in savannah and that was uh definitely something that you can also do so if you time that out right now that goes back to parking though you're bringing a whole family down there make sure you're ready for that that's probably one of those things where you'll want a spot near downtown that you can walk everywhere because then they also they do a really big parade and a lot of the streets are shut off which one of the coolest things about Savannah is that it's it's a pretty easy map if you're looking at it. It's all blocked, so it's it's pretty easy to find your way around, but makes it real challenging when they start blocking off streets and you can't really drive anywhere. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things that you want to park like a mile away and then just do the just do the journey and then walk on over. That way, you're not going to be stuck yes. later on. <laughs> yes, you got it. You got to plan that stuff out. So I would say plan for that around St. Patty's Day. But I think that the St. Patty's Day festivities, if I remember, started relatively early the greenings probably two three weeks before saint patty's day and of course the saint patty's day parade if i remember correctly is either the week of saint patty's day or the week before well right on well, well josh i really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for savannah i've learned a lot and then now the next time i go i, I have a little bit more uh fun things to do uh, rather than just sitting around at the grandma's house and watching tv yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i hope so <laughs> but now it's time for the final countdown if somebody only had time for one meal in Savannah, where should they go and what should they eat? Crystal Beer Parlor. I don't have to think about that one. And that's, again, I think the the classic cheeseburger and sweet potato fries and then the Golden Monkey. You got to get the beer. I think you can get Golden Monkey elsewhere. But again, just special spot in my heart because of that was a spot I also had with my mom, my dad, and my little brother when I was there, my first city out of there. So Crystal Beer Parlor, just a little west of Whitaker Street, uh, northwest of Forsyth. This was like the spot where you kind of grew up and put your big boy pants on and 
and <laughs> got, got the first real job and everything like that. So what's one of your most memorable stories of being there during that time of your life? Yeah, I won't be able to share all the details of it, but my first St. Patty's Day, like you said, I put my big boy pants on. I was in a city on my own. I had people visit me for the first time. And it, it was cool because I didn't just get to share the city with them, but I got to share this really cool experience that a lot of them were still in Florida. So we got to have all kinds of crazy drinks, see the parade from, uh, it was actually one of our friends, rooftop apartments. And of course, really go into the night experience St. Patty's in Savannah. And it was just, it's kind of surreal to think of it now because I'm 34 at this point, but I, I got to experience the city with, with friends I grew up with and share something. That's one of the things I love to do is share kind of the things that, that I do currently in my life with other people. And you could just see it's, it's a memory that I think other people will also share for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. I, I mean, I have kids, they're eight and 12 and I, I've been hearing a lot of things like quote unquote, like core memories, you know, and uh, things like that. That's like definitely one of those things that you'll remember for your, for your lifetime. Yeah. So speaking of good times and happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in Savannah? Yes. The happiest happy hour, maybe not the, the best deals, but I, I got two for this one. Part of it ties right back to the, the memories and the experience. One of which is rocks on the roof, which I had mentioned earlier. It's at the Bohemian on river street, beautiful view of the river and just a really cool vibe. I don't, I don't know a better way of, of explaining that the elevator up to the rooftop. And especially in those, that ideal time, like the September to March, April is really ideal because it's a little cooler out at night and they have these really cool like little fireplace spots. The other one is the Matahara and that is the Prohibition Bar. To get into that bar outside of that code, you have to have been brought in by somebody else and then you purchase a key. And I still have the key and I've, I've brought it before there, but I guess, again, you can get a code. But either way, it's a really cool experience. You go walk down to like this little area, like knock on the door and they have a little a little peephole that the guy will slide open and you either show them your code or you show them your key or you tell them the code and you get in and it's uh people are still dressed like it's the 1800s which is a really cool experience oh that is awesome yeah i, I love that i mean obviously you're going to be able to have uh, fun and maybe some like some really cool drinks that you can't get anyplace else but also it's just like that unique feeling of hey i know something that a lot of other people don't and being able to share that with with friends and family that's really cool yeah it is it's a little exclusive which is kind of cool yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. So where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Savannah? Yeah. So the the sad news here, Lee, which we probably got to experience together in New Orleans, is I'm not a I'm not a pepperoni guy, but cheese all day. So uh, for the, the best cheese. My daughter will be happy with this one. So she's all about the cheese. For any kind of pizza, really, uh, Vinnie Van Gogh's is really good. It's the west side of Broughton Street if you're coming down Drayton. And I know I keep saying Drayton, but that's... That was kind of like my North Star because I lived on Drayton. So I would always walk out of my apartment, go right down Drayton. And that's how I found my, my way around. And so if you're on the corner of Drayton and Broughton, you go west, turn left, <laughs> turn left on Broughton. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, actually, the last time we were there in Savannah, we weren't like in Savannah. We were more on, in the suburbs. But I think this is like a local pizza chain. And we tried it the other day and it was incredible. It's called Papa's Pizza to Go. Okay. And man, we ordered like a deep dish pizza. We ordered regular pizza. We ordered like the cheesy bread. We ordered wings. Literally everything was amazing. I mean, it's not like one of those sp- spots where it's like, you're going to go in there and hang out. Cause like they had like the, the chairs are almost like the ones like you sit in when you're in school, you know, like not very comfortable and, and everything else like that. But the food was amazing. And like, we just brought it back to the house and it was super awesome. So 
I'm definitely going to go back there <laughs> the next time we go. So that's a good spot as well. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm making a note on that one. So, uh, and then obviously, you know, you travel around a lot. We, I met you in New Orleans and, and then you also travel. We're going to talk about this a little bit as well. Uh, you travel by, by plane that you actually fly. And I, I can't wait to come down to Orlando and hang out with you and get in the plane myself. But uh, what's your best travel tip, uh, whether it's for Savannah or just like in, in general? Yeah. So I, like you said, I did, I used to travel a bunch and I would really go from Monday through Thursday and I would go stay in hotels. So I got really good with the carry on and running through security. And one of the things you only have to have this happen once or twice before it becomes cemented into your travel skills. And that's to make sure that if you have a check bag or a carry on doesn't matter, you have your toiletries with you at all times. And that's because I've actually had my bag get lost when I was traveling to visit and and train with a rep and my toiletries got lost. And that's one of those things that you can always go buy new shoes, really, if like an emergency, you can buy new shoes, you can buy new clothes, but it gets really challenging if you have to go hunt down like new razors and shaving cream and all this extra stuff. If you had to think about it, like if you had to make it a night, you need your toiletries, clothes and everything else you can probably wear. So I would always say, make sure that you always keep your toiletries <laughs> with you when you're traveling, checked bag or not. Oh, absolutely. And then the same thing, if you have prescriptions and stuff like that, keep them with you as well. Too. Yeah, just, that's a good one. You know, trying to get those filled, especially if you're traveling internationally and everything like that. But I'll say this, I always book my flights with a card that provides travel protections because if your bag gets delayed or you got problems like that, they're going to reimburse you up to a certain dollar amount for you know delayed baggage protection so that way at least it'll maybe you're not going to get your, your exact same brand maybe you're going to not get your electric toothbrush or the stuff you're used to but at least it'll cover a lot of those costs that you got to go out there and, and buy new clothes or buy new toothbrush and, and toothpaste and everything like that i think that's a that's the best way to, to book your flight yeah and the stuff that you've told me about cards has been so immensely helpful i've i think i've already got three hotels booked that were all from the Marriott card recommendations that you've got and it's all because of points. So nice job. I you just got me three nights because of the card <laughs> recommendation. So awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you're probably going to go on the trips anyways, but the way I look at it is that the more you can save, you know, on one trip allows you to either splurge, you know, maybe go out to a nice dinner, you know, do that one activity that otherwise you're like, eh, it's kind of expensive. I'm not really sure, you know, but if you save money on the hotel or the flight, you can you can drop a little bit extra on on that once in a lifetime experience, or you got extra money to be able to go on even more vacations. You know, so either way, it's really a, a great way to do things. Yeah, I I'm all about the the more vacation piece. <laughs> right on. Well, well, again, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips for Savannah. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So I am currently a sales guy. Really, the easy way to do it. So my W two, I've been in sales for the last. 13 years and have done medical sales and did a lot of that traveling in the US. And now I'm back in Florida in the startup world, uh, ad technology specifically. I spent a lot of time investing both in the stock market, real estate, dabble in the, the crypto world, and of course have won and lost a lot on uh, stock options, which has been a lot of fun. In the uh, free time that I I have, hopefully on the weekends, I actually run my own little website and then my YouTube channel, which has a lot of aviation stuff, because as you mentioned, Lee, I am also a pilot. Right on. So uh, on your investing stuff with, with your website, what's the what's the domain name? The domain name's theinvestingcircle.com. 
right on. And then what do you normally do on that site? Is it more of just like, here's what I'm experiencing and everything like that? Or is it more like education for for the listeners and readers or how does that work? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. So it's a personal finance site. I share a lot of my experience, the wins and the losses, because I don't think personal finance is as transparent as it needs to be. I think meeting you at FinCon too, I, I've seen a different level of that now where I think transparency is coming across personal finance. So a lot of it's education on what's going on out there. But since I'm not an advisor, I can't really provide too much advice. And the other big point of the investing circle is actually to get other people writing on there and they get a, a big portion of the revenue share because I've seen a big, big difference there. So kind of helping with that income gap. So a little bit of education and kind of sharing where I've been on the personal finance journey too. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's always good to kind of like follow somebody else's journey and the kind of, especially if you relate to them, maybe you're, you're like the similar finances or like similar time in life. You could just seeing somebody else do it gives you that confidence like, Hey, I can do it too. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing I'm not sure I can do is, is pilot a plane like you do. We've been sharing some videos on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> kind of funny stuff. And I, I see a lot of like the jokes you do on Instagram with your girlfriend, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of funny, but how did you get into uh, becoming a pilot? Yeah, so my my grandpa and great grandpa were both pilots. Uh, my grandpa was actually a pilot and a sales rep, so he kind of I kind of followed the same path. But it was something that came about in 2017. I was thinking about what I wanted to do for the new year, and I was taking some time off from a job. And I still remember they, uh, it was my mom and one of her friends and they both said, why don't you just go and go get your license? Grandparents did it. And obviously I, I thought on it for like a week and did some research. I was like, yeah, why not? This seems so cool. And back to me being somebody who likes to share experiences, it has been absolutely amazing. Totally worth it. Would do it again. And that's, that's really the reason I started to do it, ended up getting it and probably have about 380 hours. So that's, that's baby time compared to a lot of pilots out there. But for a, a private pilot like myself, that's not a not a bad amount of flight hours. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've had like some amazing experiences on uh, up there in the air. And besides the jokes, you know, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I can see though, I, I see your girlfriend's face and sometimes she's not with those jokes that you're sharing. Oh, yeah. She, I mean, <laughs> but she's been so good with it, too, because she'll I, I remember the first time I, I took her took her up to do one of those flights. Like we went flying for dinner and I was like, all right, I got a couple of good dad jokes for you. And she was like, cool. Cause I do too. And I was like, well, okay, you've come prepared. And there were a couple <laughs> I was, I was really uh, chuckling about. I was like, all right, cool. I think we can, we can do something with this. And now I just, every time I go up we're flying for dinner or like taking friends, I'll write a couple of really good dad jokes, quote unquote, really good dad jokes. And we'll go flying and uh, <laughs> see the kind of reaction has been fun. <laughs> Right on. Well, if somebody wants to see some of your flights uh, and hear some of those dad jokes or even just learn more about Savannah and everything like that, what's the best way to see you on YouTube and social media and everything else? Yeah. So I actually got a little bit on TikTok and YouTube. It's the same handle. It's Josh C underscore TV. So both of those will, you'll find on YouTube and TikTok. A lot of those are going to be my my flight videos. And then of course, the Josh Calcanis is my Instagram on there. And then anything on the personal finance stuff, which you kind of talked about was the investing circle makes sense. But the sense is C-E-N-T-S kind of play on words there. But those are, those are probably the best places to find me and kind of follow my story and journey on aviation and all things adventure. Right on. Well, we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes. And Josh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and hanging out. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Cool. Thanks, Lee. Talk to you soon. 
What an awesome conversation with Josh. I visit Savannah a couple times a year to see family, and now I have so many more ideas for things to do to get us out of the house and to enjoy the city. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide to Josh's tips at wetravelthere.com for just Savannah. We want to say thank you to Aways for being today's affiliate partner. Aways offers recommendations for the best redemptions of your hotel points in cities around the world. The service even compares cash versus points rates to decide when to pay cash instead of redeeming points for your stay. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Aways or use my promo code LEE2023 to get $20 off your membership. And if you sign up before Aways Flights launches, you'll get that feature free once it goes live earlier this year. Join us next time as we talk with Alex Hildebrand of SoyoPisco.com about the best things to do in Lima, Peru. In this episode, Alex and I talk about shopping for arts and crafts at the Dalo in Barranco, exploring the ruins of Huaca Pucliana, and visiting the Museo de Pisco to try their tasting menu. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at We Travel There or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Mm-hmm.